the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Last time we talked about the reputation of imams and rawis when it comes to those so-called seven ahruf and readings of the Quran. And uh, with me here uh, to unpack all of that is our dear brother, Rob Christian. Rob, welcome back, and thank you so much for taking the time to do so. Thank you, brother, for inviting me again to continue these amazing series. As uh, we already mentioned in our last video, we talked about Khalaf, and we talked about Al-Kisai, Al-Kufi. Now we are going to continue with Hafs, basically the person behind the number one, the most popular version of the Quran, uh, and we'll see how easy it is to show everybody how easy it is how to destroy the Hafs Quran in seconds, a matter of seconds or minutes, let's say. So let us continue. Let's do it. On and this, last time, of course, yeah. we talked about Khalaf and Kisa'i liking to drink wine, and Kisa'i admittedly was a homosexual. So today we're going to focus on Hafs. Exactly. So here on the next slide, we see that... Uh, Muslims love to talk about this, and they call this basically the golden chain, uh, the people inside the chain uh, that uh, are basically responsible for, let's say, the Hafs version this time. You see in, on top, we see Muhammad, and we see Uthman ibn Affan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Zayd ibn Thabit, who uh, Uthman ordered to collect uh, the Quran uh, recollected and uh, you know write it in the Qureshi dialect. That Zayd ibn Thabit, and we say on the right Ubay ibn Kab, and we see Ibn Masoud. As you see, I put numbers because Zayd ibn Thabit he collected uh, in his copy. Uh, we have 114 chapters, but Ubay ibn Kab's version of the Quran was 116 chapters, so two chapters more, and Ibn Masoud. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a future video. He had only 111 chapters. He right. left basically chapters like uh, Surah Al-Fatiha and uh, chapter 113 and 114 out. He did not implement them in the Quran. He didn't consider them to be the Quran. And this is the Ibn Mas'ud that Muhammad said, go to him. And he mentioned him as first uh, among the other three uh, uh, Sahaba to go to for regarding the recitation of the Quran. And we continue, we see uh, the most important last two people in the golden chain, supposed golden chain. Asim, his teacher, Asim, was blind <laughs> and demented. He used to forget even what he memorized. So he had problems in memorization. Brother, do you want to add something on top of uh, what I just said about Asim? Because this uh, is really important. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just what you said is is extremely important. The idea that he had dementia and he would forget some of the things about the Quran. So he is supposedly the teacher or at least the influencer for uh, Hafs. That's why it's yeah. extremely important to point that out. So how, you know, since Muslims always brag about we have memorized the Quran for the last 1400 years, these people, especially the last two in the chain, you see awesome. How could he memorize the Quran, but at the same time be tormented and forgets what he memorized and still considered to be trustworthy? And at the same time, he is blind. That's amazing. And the last person, and this is why it's called the Hafs, Hafs version, the Hafs Qira'ah. Hafs himself was considered to be a liar, a thief, a fabricator, and certainly not trustworthy. Imagine, brother, the last two people had many problems, as you see. Yet Muslims claim that the Quran of today, the number one Quran, the popular, most popular version, the Hafs version, is the real Quran. Brother, we can talk for many hours about Hafs, but let's see, yeah. let's see what we can find regarding the and Hafs one, version. One thing about Hafs, yeah. by the way, I mean, I want to ask my Muslim friends, do you, my Muslim friends, know that there are more than one version of Hafs? There is the Hafs in India, the version of India, the version of Turkey, the version of Egypt that is more popular. There, there is one in a Persian version, you know. So which one? Which one are we talking about? Exactly, exactly. Which house version? Anyway, so here's another slide that you see, and I want to ask you, brother, to read the Arabic and translate for us. Very good. So it says, Hafs ibn Sulaiman kitaban falam yaridhu wa kana ya'khudu kutub al-nas fansakhaha. So it's it's saying Hafs, basically, um, uh, either kitaban or kitaban, I guess. Uh, yeah, he used to borrow books, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, so he would borrow books from people and will make copies of those. So An Ibn Ma'in, Ibn Ma'in basically narrated, Kana Hafs wa Abu Bakr. Hafs and Abu Bakr used to be from among the most learned people, Biqira'at Asim, meaning of the reading of Asim that we just mentioned right now. Wa Kana Hafs Akra min Abi Bakr wa Kana And Hafs used to be more, you know, of a reader than Abu Bakr, but he used to be also a liar. Wow. Please help me here, brother. Help me, help me out here. Don't we see here a huge contradiction, right? They are calling him basically trustworthy, but at the same time, he's a liar. I'm, I'm not getting it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a very confusing yeah. and contradictory statement. This is amazing. And guys, uh, uh, remember, this same house, why am I calling him a thief? Actually, I'm not the one calling him. That's what the Islamic scholars are saying. He used to borrow books, copy them, and claiming that he wrote these books. So he was a thief, not to be trusted, and also a huge liar. Yet Muslims put their trust, their salvation, and souls on the line on people like Hafs. That's amazing. Let us continue. Here's an example of a hadith. And you see in the bottom... Uh, it says, it's isnad is da'if, jiddan, meaning uh, the isnad, the chain of narration is highly weak, right. jiddan, very weak, because of the weakness uh, of people like uh, Amr bin Uthman and Hafs bin Abu Omar al-Qari. The same Hafs, whenever you see his name in the chain of a hadith, you can clearly, you know, 
immediately say, this is not is highly naive because Hafs is a liar, not to be trusted. So not one hadith where he's mentioning can be trusted and must be considered, considered immediately da'if jiddan because he is a liar not to be trusted. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, these are Islamic sources, like you stated, brother. So you're not like giving an opinion about Hafs. You're just basically recording and, uh, uh, you know, bringing to the forefront here what the Muslims who knew him are saying about him. So should we take the word of Muslims today who did not know the guy or the people who were eyewitness to him? That's the million dollar question. Exactly. And here on the next slide, we see uh, an example of a hadith. But the footer that you all often see under a line, under a hadith that I took, and it says on top, Isnadahu da'if, jiddan. Again, the chain of narration is highly, highly uh, weak. So uh, very da'if, right? Very da'if, more than da'if. Very dive. So, brother, do you want to read the Arabic, uh, you know, with uh, red lines underneath? Uh, sure, sure. I mean, it's part of it is what we mentioned earlier as well. So it says, Hafs Abu Amr, uh, that's his name. Huwa Hafs ibn Sulaiman al-Bazaz al-Qari. He, his name, the full name is Hafs, uh, the son of uh, Sulaiman or Solomon al-Bazaz, the reader. And Sahib Qira'at Hafs, he is the one that Qira'at Hafs or the reading of Hafs is attributed to him, Al Ma'rufa, which is a well known one. And the people in Egypt used it. And, uh, you know, basically the, the hadith is, you know, abandoned, I guess. Uh, that's uh, what yeah. they intend here. You can take his hadith, basically. Yeah. 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 Rejected. So, technically totally rejected. speaking, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. He will say uh, you shouldn't really take, uh, let's say, seriously or at least with uh, authenticity. Uh, do you want me to read the next one that is underlined? Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, Teraku, so basically he is uh, totally rejected and uh, also uh, that he used to uh, borrow books and did not return them back to their original owners, make copies and claiming that he is the one who wrote it. Uh, and Wakana Kathaban, right? He is again uh, a liar, as you see, more, more and more books that we find that are sh- actually are confirming that you should not trust such a liar and deceiver like uh, Hafs. All of his hadith are rejected. And on top of that, he's a thief. Now, here's the one million dollar question, dear brother. And I want to, uh, the audience, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Christian, to think with me here. Would you trust a thief, a liar with your wealth or money? If not, if, if the answer is no, then what about your salvation and soul? That's Would right. you trust him with the Quran? Ya Muslimin, ya Muslimun? That's the one million dollar question, uh, dear brother. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is the whole idea. And, yeah. You know, we are focusing on people that allegedly were the trustworthy readers and transmitters and reciters of the Quran. Yeah. And exactly, and uh, here's another hadith, and uh, this is highly important. Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 108. Sahih al-Bukhari 108. It says, narrated Anas, the fact which stops me from narrating a great number of hadiths to you, to the Muslimin, is that the Prophet said, who said? Muhammad said, whoever tells a lie against me intentionally, then surely let him occupy his seat in hellfire. Since Hafs, all of his hadith are rejected immediately and considered to be highly da'if, very weak, da'if jiddan. 
then according to the logic of the Prophet of Islam and his words, as we speak, Hafs, according to Islamic logic and to the Prophet of Islam, his own wording, Hafs is now in hellfire burning for eternity because he lied about the Prophet and the sayings of the Prophet. That's amazing. And we showed you in the last videos, my friends, and you see here the three arrows. We mentioned Khalaf, right? He right. used to be drinking, drinking wine while uh, reading the Quran and praying and whatnot. We mentioned Al-Kisai Al-Kufi, one of the other uh, readers. He was a drunkard. He used to drink wine at the same time being a homosexual. If you missed that video, please watch it. And we just mentioned Hafs in this video. Hafs, a liar, a thief, and certainly not to be trusted. Ya Muslimin, Ya Muslimun, please wake up. We do not hate you. We just ask you to think about your salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. And hopefully everyone um, is enjoying these short videos and especially this one, which is extremely damaging when it comes to some of the most prominent readers and reciters and transmitters of the readings of the Quran itself. Uh, memorize or not memorize, the reputation said it all. They cannot be trusted uh, for various reasons. So our Muslim friends, come to Jesus, come home. He's the only one that can save you. Thank you, brother. This is Al-Fadi. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al-Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to sirainternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Today we're going to talk about the uh, Quran according to Ibn Mas'ud. And why is that important? Well, I mean, just uh, on the surface, the Quran that we have in our hand today is allegedly 114 chapters. You'll be surprised to see now that uh, when it came to Ibn Mas'ud, his Quran did not really match the Quran that we have in our hands today. Why would that be important? Because Ibn Mas'ud also is a big deal when it comes to how the Prophet endorsed him and the fact that he was one of the scribes of the Prophet and he has a huge following in his days. With me, of course, here, as always, to unpack all of that is our dear brother, Rob Christian. Rob, welcome back, brother. Thank you, dear brother. Let us talk about Ibn Mas'ud and his own personal Quran. Ibn Mas'ud actually did not think highly of today's Quran if the Muslims claim that that's the Quran of Zayd ibn Thabit uh, as uh, that's a claim, but they cannot prove it because I challenge any sheikh with a big beard or a smaller beard to prove to us that today's Quran is the Quran of Uthman as they are claiming. Show us one manuscript that agrees with today's Quran that goes back to Uthman from the 7th century, and that is complete. But it's very important to talk about Ibn Mas'ud because Muhammad said, go to four regarding the recitation of the Quran. And he mentioned Ibn Mas'ud as the first trustworthy person to go to. So the question is, the million-dollar question, why would Muslims not go to Ibn Mas'ud? Because Ibn Mas'ud had 111 chapters, yet today's Quran has 114 chapters. So let's see what Ibn Mas'ud used to say about today's Quran. And here, let me show you a couple of slides. On top, you see uh, two references, Al-Itqan fi Ulum Al-Quran, volume 2, page 25, and 
Adur al-Manthur by, vol- uh, by Suyuti, volume 1, page 106. If we scroll down, we see the following information. According to the son of the second Caliph Omar, Ibn al-Khattab, right? The son of the Caliph Omar, of uh, uh, the second Caliph, Omar ibn al-Khattab, the present text of the Quran is incomplete since much of it has disappeared. Abdullah bin Omar reportedly said, let none of you say, I've got the whole of the Quran. How does he know what all of it is? Much of the Quran has gone. Imagine. So the Quran, as the Muslims have it today, is certainly not the complete Quran from the time of Muhammad. Let him then say, let any Muslim then say instead, I've got what has survived. This is really damaging. And this is all over the Islamic books. If you continue, like we mentioned, however, Ibn Mas'ud does not think highly of today's Quran, the one collected by Zayd ibn Thabit. In comparing himself to Zayd ibn Thabit, he says, who Ibn Mas'ud said, the people have been guilty of the seed in the reading of the Quran. And he's talking about Zayd ibn Thabit. So basically he calls the Quran of Zayd and Uthman bunch of basically a Quran that is full of deception. I, Ibn Mas'ud continues saying, I like it better to read according to the recitation of him, meaning the prophet of Islam, whom I love more than that of Zayd ibn Thabit, by him besides whom there is no God. I learned more than 70 surahs from the lips, directly from the lips of the messenger of Allah, the apostle of Allah. May Allah, be, uh, may Allah bless him. While Zayd ibn Thabit was a young boy, a youth, having two locks and playing with the youth. And the source is in the bottom. Ibn Sa'd, Kitab al-Tabaqat, Al-Kabir, volume 2, page 100, uh, 444. So as you see, Ibn Mas'ud did not like the Quran of Uthman or let's say Zayd ibn Thabit. He did not agree with it. And actually, he did not want to give his own personal mushaf, his own personal Quran, to be burned by Uthman much later. Let us continue bringing down the hammer on the Quran of today, basically. Further evidence of Ibn Mas'ud rejecting Surah Al-Fatiha. According to Ibn Mas'ud, Surah Al-Fatiha, the very first chapter of the Quran, should not be part of the Quran. We read in Tafsir Al-Kabir, the following. In some of the various, or, or in some of the previous books, it is written that Ibn Mas'ud would reject Surah Al-Fatiha and Al-Mu'awadatayn, basically chapter 113 and chapter 114, the last two chapters of the Quran as being part of the Quran. So if we do some calculation, according to Ibn Mas'ud, the Surah Al-Fatiha, the first chapter, and the last two chapters of the Quran should not have been part of the Quran. And the references are in the bottom. And look how many books are reporting this very story. Brother, do you want to add something on top of this? Yes, I want to add something that people will find very interesting. What my brother is saying, not only Ibn Mas'ud had a different number of chapters, but believe it or not, even in his own Quran, he has different ways of reading many of these passages. How do I know this? Well, the, his readings were collected among many other readings. I'm going to have a material, you know, right here in front of me, there is a source that I recommend everybody to have. I think it's available also online these days. It's called Materials for the History of the Text of the Quran, the Old Codices. The old codices. Look what it says. The author or the editor, Jeffrey Arthur, uh, Arthur Jeffrey, I'm sorry. This is what he says. He says, the Kitab al-Masahif of Ibn Abi Dawood, which is a very famous one, by the way. He adapted, basically, in this book that I'm reading uh, uh, the title uh, from. 
He adapted from Kitab al-Masahif of Ibn Abi Dawood together with a collection of the variant readings from who? The codices of Ibn Mas'ud, Ubay, Ali, Ibn Abbas, Anas, Abu Musa, and other early Quranic authorities which present a type of the text anterior, different to that of the canonical text of Uthman. You see what I mean? His own readings actually even differs than the Hafs reading that is in our hand right now. Exactly, exactly. That's truly damaging. And we continue reading that Al-Haythami in his book, very famous book in the Arabic, uh, in the Arab Muslim world. Al-Haythami records in Majma Al-Zawad wa Manba Al-Fawaid, volume 7, page 311 and hadith number 11,562. And the reference you can find in the bottom of the screen. Abdul Rahman bin Yazid uh, said, Abdullah, meaning Abdullah bin Mas'ud, used to erase Al-Mu'awwadatayn, meaning chapter 113 of the Quran and chapter 114 of today's Quran from his own personal copies of the Quran. And he used to say, and this is damaging, it's not part of the book of Allah. Wow. And this is the number one guy that Muhammad said, right. go to him regarding the recitation of the Quran. That's right. I mean, here is the, the funny part about this, by the way. Do you know that Muslims will tell you the reason why there is another uh, Rawi, uh, I mean, another uh, scribe, Ubay, that we mentioned his name, Ubay ibn Ka'b. He has 116, actually, right? So Muslims will say, no, 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 no. The last two chapters of Ubay are not considered really chapters. They're just uh, basically prayers and meditations. Really? Well, that's exactly what Ibn Mas'ud was saying about the chapter 112 and 113. Uh, I, I mean, I should say 113 and 114. So, so what's the difference? Exactly. Exactly. This is damaging. And here is more to make it complete. We find more information and let us read it. Narrator, the narrator in this hadith is uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas from Shaib al-Anaut saying, which of the two readings was the last? So which of the two readings was the, was the last reading that the Quraysh, that the Sahaba and even Muhammad used to read before his death? Which of the two readings was the last? The reading of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud or the reading of Zayd ibn Thabit as the Muslims claim today? is the Quran of today. He said, we said, the recitation of Zayd. He said, no, 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 that's wrong. The messenger of Allah used to present the Quran to Jibreel, the angel Jibreel supposedly, once every year. And when he was in the year in which he died, so in the final year, in the last year that Muhammad would die, it was presented to him twice. And the last recitation was that of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this hadith is, as you see, highly trustworthy, highly sahih. The chain of narration is authentic. Yeah. Which, by the way, this proves, brother, that there were a lot of political factors involved in deciding which readings. So Uthman used his power, his political influence, and determined that his own desired reading will trump what this hadith is saying. Exactly. So why would the Muslims not follow the reading of Ibn Mas'ud because that was the final reading of the Prophet of himself. And you see the hadith is very authentic and we see people like uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas who are actually confirming that the last reading should have been Ibn Mas'ud. So why did Uthman not go to Ibn Mas'ud? Why what did uh, Uthman not listen to Ibn Mas'ud? Yet he chose a very young guy, in this case Zayd ibn Thabit, 
he chose, of course, family over the more trustworthy Sahaba. So yeah. it was a basically a pot- political choice, right? And Uthman really made really poor choices. So today's Quran should have been 111 chapters, not 114 chapters. That's Thank right. You. I mean, uh, again, you have someone who was writing down from the Prophet, allegedly, okay? I mean, let's let's take that story at face value. He was writing down the the revelation from the prophet. He has a different number of chapters. He was recommended by the prophet to go to if you have any questions about the Quran. What do uh, uh, what did Uthman do? He threw him literally in the garbage and burned his uh, basically material. At least he thought he burned his material because we were able to trace it back again. Arthur Jeffrey did an excellent job of tracing it from quotations and commentaries and other places. And you can use, like, you look at Al-Tabari, Al-Zamakshari, others, they will say, oh, Ibn Mas'ud used to read it this way. Obay used to read that way. So it's still there. It survived. But what I'm saying is, why are you, my Muslim friends, not paying attention to the original, right? I mean, you can say Ibn Mas'ud's reading is considered to be among the original readings. But no, you discounted all of that, and you followed what Uthman says. That's why it's called the Uthmanic Rasm. So you're not following the Quran of Allah, you're following the Quran of Uthman. And that's a man-made, my friends. Last word for you, brother. Yeah, we will continue uh, bringing more proof that the Quran is highly corrupted in the next videos. Thank you, and God bless. God bless you too, brother, and God bless you, uh, our viewers. Until next episode, have a blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.